Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and you're welcome. Welcome to TKO. This morning, I'm. I've got in the studio with me here is Robert uh, Pinoli. Robert, are you there? Step up to your mic. I am. Good morning, Karen. And and you go by Junior. I know you as Robert Pinoli Junior because I've known your family for years. No, actually, um, I'm technically not a junior. I'm, oh, you're uh, not. It's Robert Jason is my first name. And oh. My I have a hyphenated, if you will, first name. So. Okay, I just always thought it was Junior. All right, there we go. So Robert's with me today because he has been working with uh, and involved with uh, Mendocino Rail, uh, the skunk train, for many, many years. We want to talk about that. It's been in the news and in the issue and all over the place. So I wanted to get him in to, to talk about it and give uh, listeners a chance to call in with their questions and concerns. We're going to do that at the end of the uh, my introduction with him and speaking um, towards the end of the uh, hour. Um, when we do that, I'm going to be real strict today because I know this is a real hot issue. There's been a lot of stuff flying around in the papers and Facebooks and different media. So um, prepare your question, prepare your concern. You get one chance to do it. No pontificating, no yelling and screaming. Just not going to happen here. Just I don't let that happen. So Robert, welcome to the air. Thank you, Karen. Okay. It's nice to be here and the opportunity to... Uh Come chat with you. Yeah. Um, I personally have never ridden the skunk train. Uh, I know where it's located. I've you know, seen a lot of the publications and stuff like that. I got the flyer in the mail, and I read that. Um, what I'd like to know first off from you is, I know you've been involved with this for many years. Can you just let me tell, us, tell the community and the listeners um, how you got involved, how long you've been there, and... All that good stuff. Sure. We'll start there. Yeah, thank you. A little you. bit of your history around the railroad. Absolutely. Well, um, as a little kid growing up, um, I was certainly fond of trains, and um, it's something that you could say nearly 30 years into this career uh, hasn't uh, left my system. I um, had the good fortune to grow up here in Anderson Valley. Um, early elementary uh, school years, uh, I spent in Healdsburg at uh, private school there, and then came back to uh, Anderson Valley uh, to finish out elementary and high school years. I'm uh, fourth generation to the Anderson Valley, um, and um, and then as an adult had the amazing fortune to be able to move back uh, to this, this area. Um, I got started working for the Skunk Train in 1993. It was a high school summertime job. And um, in 1996, uh, there were a group of local investors um, spearheaded by the then city manager, uh, retired city manager, departed city manager. And uh, w- there were 12 of us that stepped forward to purchase the railroad from <clears throat> the then operator, Kyle Railways. Stayed involved with the day-to-day operations until 2001. And then left to uh, go help uh, on a project uh, at uh, the Sierra Railroad Company. Um, and uh, in 2003, uh, we um, stepped forward to purchase the assets of the skunk train out of bankruptcy um, and created Mendocino Railway in 2004, which uh, took over uh, the operation of the skunk. So when you say we, you're talking about the Sierra Ro- uh, Railroad line? 
Yes, stepping in to buy it. That's right. Okay, so you are are you part? You're a part owner owner of this because this is subsidiary. I think isn't it? Is that how it is arranged? Yeah. So Mendocino Railway uh, owns and operates the Skunk Train, and Mendocino is a wholly owned subsidiary of Sierra Railroad Company. And Sierra has a, um, a uh, several handful of shareholders, if you will. Okay. And uh, I am one of those uh, individuals. All right. So, what? Who decides what happens with the Mendocino Rail? I serve as the president and chief executive officer for the company, and um, you know, our I like to think of uh, our our business as um, a collaborative business. In that, certainly, the final um, decision ends up before me but um my employees the 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 over 50 dedicated employees who make the operation happen on a daily basis are instrumental in making uh the decisions as well as um my other my colleagues so my um colleagues from the Sierra Railroad company um uh, assist in 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 bigger decisions if need be well, and I I read somewhere that that's a two brothers that own that, correct? Hart Brothers, or is that a bigger corporation than I'm getting the again up here? Yeah, no. So um, the uh, Mike Hart is the uh, is the CEO of Sierra Railroad Company, and uh, Chris Hart, uh, Mike's brother, is the vice president of business development for Sierra. And uh, again, there are additional shareholders in the company, um, but um, so there's there are a collection of us, if you will. Okay, so that kind of that's the overall structure of the organization, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then let's talk about the history about the acquisition. So, I, I remember when the Skunk Train was in uh, bankruptcy. I remember when that happened. Um, I remember that the trail, the line, used to go all the way to Willits. This is not just a Fort Bragg entity because the train line is was it did i read 40 miles long that's correct yeah it's 40 miles from fort bragg all the way to willits which it used to run all that way um up until so let's let's talk about they we had the bankruptcy that you take it over uh that was what year so in 2004 2004 okay that goes way back all right and then then you just ran it as the skunk train going back and forth is that what it did? Yes. So we, um, in addition to the excursion services that we provide, right, mm-hmm. um, the tourist excursion services, right. there are uh, residents who live out along the route. Some of the residences uh, do require or do depend on the train to provide um, service. And um, that service can be anything from transporting themselves to transporting goods, um, lumber, uh aggregate, whatever they may need, um, not necessarily in large quantities, but in it could be in small quantities. Um, and so from 2004 forward, uh, the railroad has continued to offer those uh, services. Um, and from 2015 forward, we have continued to offer those services. And the reason why I say 2015, that is when um, we were working to modernize, well, a contract outside contractor was working to modernize uh, tunnel number one. And that, um, that modernization effort uh, was halted when uh, the contractor triggered a landslide that brought down the west face of tunnel number one. Um, since that time, the railroad has spent uh, nearly $1.8 million uh, to shore up uh, the hillside, but 
when I say shore up, it's not a band-aid. It was to re-engineer and rebuild and restabilize that hillside so that it doesn't come down again. Uh, and so that's what we have spent uh, time doing from 2015 forward. So you're talking about these, I'd, I'd heard about, I'd forgotten about the homesteads and the houses and stuff that were along the road, but that's on the Willits side, correct, of the railroad? Actually, so uh, from so Fort Bragg is milepost zero, Willits is milepost 40, and tunnel okay. number one is located at milepost 3.5. Oh, from, uh, you, from Fort, from, Bra- from Fort, Fort Bragg. Bragg. Okay, that's right. let's get that right. And so from Willits, we actually can traverse the line all the way down to the east portal of tunnel number one which is mile 3.78. Okay. And we do. And we do have some residences, and we do have some folks that we service on that Fort Bragg section of the line. Historically, the the line has always been divided into two, if you will, from a, not from a mileage perspective, but from a time perspective. Okay. Um, Fort Bragg and North Spur has been that midpoint. North Spur is located at milepost 21.3, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, halfway. But it is certainly halfway time-wise. So the distance of travel that it takes to go from Fort Bragg to Norspur and Willits to Norspur is about the same. And that has become the, you know, the sort of historic midpoint of the railroad. But between Norspur and Fort Bragg, we absolutely do have uh, summer camps and year-round residents that we uh, continue to service uh, to this day, even though uh, the train from Fort Bragg can't pass through the tunnel. We have locomotive and equipment uh on the eastern side of the tunnel okay so what the traffic so you get more traffic um so people come up say they go one-on-one to willets they get on the train and they do an excursion so which end of the line gets the most tourist or the most use is the willets end or the fort bragg end historically it's always been from fort bragg um and uh and when i say uh so when you talk about volumes Mm -hmm. it's in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 percent of our annual ridership which is um about 90 this year will be about 90 thousand passengers are coming from the Fort Bragg side of the railroad. Um, and then, the, the, of course, the balance is uh, out of Willits. Okay. So at what time, let's see, we're about, I'll, let me just stop right here before we're gone. Uh, my name is Karen Ottoboni. This is TKO. And uh, on the air this morning with me is Robert Pinoli. And we're talking about the Mendocino Railway and what's going on up there and their recent uh, acquisition. So, when did GP abandon this site? It was in the 2000s, wasn't it? That's Georgia Pacific. And, and prior to that, I want to just say, everybody, this was actually a fort. This was a military fort, and then it became a mill site. So, this has been a commercial property for many, many years. And um, then GP left it. They closed down in 2000s. Yeah, 2000, so... 2009, something like that? Let me, if I may, give a little bit of history with respect to the railroad's inception. Sure. The mill site property, which is uh, what we're, what we want, I'm guessing you want to dive into in a well, bit. Well, that seems to be the hot topic right now, <laughs> so let's dive in there. So, okay. um, before this was a military fort, right. uh, this land uh, belonged to the Native Americans. Uh-huh. And Correct. and I, I bring that up as a point because when we were going through the development of Mill Site North, the 77 acres that we purchased from Georgia Pacific in 2019, we worked very closely with the Sherwood Band of Pomo Indians. And we um, wanted on the very northern site to create a um, a cultural center that not only paid respect to 
the uh, Native Americans, but um, a cultural center that people could come, they could experience, they could learn, and that there would be a fee to get into this museum, and that those uh, funds could go back to the Native Americans uh, to better their communities and to better and to so that they can grow and prosper. Um, so let's start there before it was a fort. Then comes uh, the creation of a, uh, a mill site, if you will, um, and the creation of the railroad. The railroad was founded in 1885, shortly after the Union Lumber Company started. The California Western Railroad um, was a division of the Union Lumber Company. And when Union Lumber Company sold, it sold all of its assets uh, to uh, Boise Cascade. Okay. So for a while, Boise Cascade owned the railroad. Uh, and then to Georgia Pacific. Georgia Pacific owned the railroad as well. Up until 1977, Georgia Pacific had control of the railroad. And in 1977, uh, Georgia Pacific then uh, leased the railroad to Kyle Railways, a a rail conglomerate uh, of short lines. Kyle Railways operated the railroad from 1977 until 1996 when the group of locals stepped forward to purchase it. Uh, in 1985, Georgia Pacific conveyed via a sale uh, the assets of the railroad to Kyle Railways. So Georgia Pacific, in effect, got out of the railroading business in 1985. So you can see that this property and the railroad have been tied, in essence, since inception. Um, and then, of course, fast forward to where we're at in 2019 when Mendocino Railway – now, mind you, when we purchased the railroad in 2004, one of the very first calls that we made was to Georgia Pacific. We said the mill site has closed down. It closed down in 2002. All of its lumbering operations wound down then. And – We made that call in 2004 when we became the owners of the railroad and said, look, we would like to purchase uh, the mill site from you. And there there began our discussions. It took us from 2004 to 2019 to acquire the 75, 77 acres at Mill Site North. And when I say Mill Site North, um, that is how oftentimes a lot of the locals have – referred to the property as it's gone through the community development and community planning process. Um, and to give you that from a, a geographical standpoint, from the northern edge of Redwood Avenue all the way out to the Coastal Trail, which is in essence uh, the shoreline, and all the way north to Glass Beach. So it's that parcel of land. That's what we purchased in 2019. And... Um, then we began the the process for uh, site development and site rezoning, if you will. So right now, the property of the mill site is zoned Timber Resource Industrial. It's a pretty broad zoning, um, at which that zoning is specified by the city of Fort Bragg through their uh, policies. And it allows for uh, quite a great deal of things, um, obviously, anything timber related uh but it also allows for some commercial it allows for you know certainly some industrial etc etc and 
following the community process and what the community had given input on for Mill Site North, we began to engage and uh, develop that site. So when you had earlier mentioned, Karen, the um, the the newspaper that we had sent out. Yeah, the flyer that came out just before all this happened with the other part of the property. There was the development that you had put out on that. That's right. It's yeah. a, a quarterly periodical that we um, we continue to intend to publish because the information in there is fact based information. Um, so let's 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 cement that. Um, and it's I say it's fact based because the plan that's in there. I think that there's a lot of confusion that people think that that's the entire plan for the entire mill site property. That is just mill site north, which is what the city of Fort Bragg accepted. And so when we finished the process, the city of Fort Bragg said, great. Now, in order to move to the next phase, in order to take it out of timber resource industrial, let's, um, you know, there's a process and here's the process. And... If you want to rezone it, we, we go through these processes. And so that's where we're at now. A couple of reasons why we haven't moved on that. One, because since 2004, we've been talking to Georgia Pacific about acquiring the entire mill site. When we closed escrow on Mill Site North, we immediately began to talk to Georgia Pacific again about Mill Site South. And in fact, Several of our discussions while acquiring Mill Site North were, could we get Redwood Avenue? So if you were to go on Redwood Avenue in Fort Bragg and drive west, they the property line was from the northern edge, which meant that the main thoroughfare into this future development wasn't going to be Redwood Avenue, at least from our standpoint, because it didn't include that in the property. So we didn't include the street. Or Georgia Pacific didn't include the street. And they said, we'll deal with Redwood Avenue at a later time. Now we fast forward to our acquisition. Well, I'm guessing that's where you want me to go. Yeah, we want to go there because um, a lot of the discussion has made it sound like uh, I personally didn't realize you already had 70 acres. And that's where this development, all this beautiful planning that I saw in the flyer that was out, I didn't realize. I thought that was a property you just got. So you had the original 70, and now you've acquired, is it 200 and... Yeah, 200 and about 210 acres. 10 which, acres more. So that's that's the part that's been talked about. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. But one of the things is is that you've got that 70 acres that you've had since 2019. 19. All right. Has there been... Because a lot of the stuff that's coming up is talking about toxic. I mean, I am one of the big issues with the whole GP thing has been the toxins that are in that ground, and nobody. I don't know if they've done. I know they've done a lot of environmental, you know, um, testing, and I know GP was working with it. I know they've thrown a lot of money at it. A lot of people have talked about the toxins, how to handle it, the ponds, and all that stuff. So, was there a lot of toxins related to the first seventy acres that you owned that you had this? original plan for? Most of the milling operations that took place historically took place on what's known as Mill Site South, right? Okay. That's, that's, that's the new property That's you got. the new property. All right. Okay. Um, and most everything on Mill Site North, actually everything has been remediated. What remains outstanding is monitoring wells, continuing to monitor 
the groundwater right. to make sure that there are no changes. And, um, and so that's, that's an ongoing process. That process is subject to state regulation to the DTSC. So I know that that's Department of uh, Toxic, toxic, toxic Substance substances. Control. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the DTSC is a state agency that we adhere to, uh, their jurisdiction. Um, I know that there's a lot of chatter that the that the railroad doesn't it doesn't follow the law. Right. We follow more laws than you know anybody can shake a stick at, and we certainly don't deny um, following the rules. Oftentimes, what the problem is is that we're a railroad first and foremost. The jurisdiction we adhere to is federal. That was that jurisdictional authority was decided long ago, long before any of us, and. What where it comes into conflict is is that if we follow federal law, then we are con- if and then we go to follow something that may be local or state, we're in conflict with what federal law says that we should do or must do, right? So, with respect to the mill site, we and 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 as I have said along all along in my public comments, whether they be in newspapers or or whatever. Will we follow the applicable laws? Absolutely. We already do follow the applicable laws. And so with respect to the mill site, we will submit and we have submitted to DTSE's jurisdiction. Something to point out, when we acquired the railroad in 2004, we acquired and inherited the poor practice of the many, many years ago when the railroad wanted to get rid of railroad ties that they had pulled out. They would just put them in a pile alongside oh. the tracks, and sometimes they would burn them. Yeah, great, because they're full of tar and all kinds of stuff, right? So Preservatives, wow. So they the, the railroad, following the practice that had been in place, would just burn these. Well, I can't tell you how many, literally, trainloads of dirt we removed from this area. That was all subject to the Department of Toxic Substance Control's oversight. We re- we fully remediated remediated all of those sites uh, that were identified along the route, and so that was something that we didn't create, but yet we fixed. Okay, so all right, wow, it's a it's a very big topic. There's a lot of different agencies involved, so a lot of the discussion has been around how you the Mendocino Railway acquired the additional 210 acres absolutely okay that was a big issue so you've been in negotiation um were you did you know i mean have were you really in negotiating in a contract because this is just a real estate deal i'm looking at this as having you know started in real estate when i was 20 to me this is a real estate deal um were had the city of Ukiah or city of Fort Bragg been negotiating also against? I hadn't heard that the city was trying to get it. I know they got the the coastal trails at the very south end and have developed those marvelously. Those are beautiful trails at the very south end of this property. So this whole thing about you negotiating against the city of Fort Bragg and all of this was that happening? And you knew about it, and it was just a real estate deal. Well, actually, I see it a little differently, and I just wanted okay. to clarify that um, the city of Fort Bragg's coastal trail actually loops the entire property. So it oh. starts at the south end by the Noyo Bridge, right? and it follows the perimeter of the property um, all the way up to Glass Beach, where it, inter- where it connects with the... Um, the te- the ten mile ten mile trail, trail up there, yeah, which is state right. park trail. So right, right. it actually um, 
it uh, it surrounds the entire piece of property, if you will, or okay. at least the outside western edge. Now, with respect to the property and the acquisition, again, since 2004, we have been talking to Georgia Pacific about the mill site and all of this property. We were under a non-disclosure agreement up until 2019 when we acquired Mill Site North to not say a peep about what we were doing. That was, again, something very customary in a business transaction and, and a real estate transaction. When we, in February of uh, this year, January, February, we approached the city manager of Fort Bragg about the 15 acres at Cypress Street. Um, and I and I bring up the Cypress Street. That was the 15 acres that was owned by Harvest Market. Correct. That's the down at the very south side. That's right. 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 Yep. Uh, so from Cypress, it's a linear piece of property. It's three five-acre parcels. And Harvest Market was going to develop a grocery store there. Um, and they were going to use half the land. They were going to give the other half of the land back to the city of Fort Bragg very generously for a, a community park or, or mm-hmm. something like that. That's my understanding. And they there were, there were too many issues, and so they walked away from the notion of that. We approached, before we, um, we got into escrow with Harvest Market on their 15 acres, we approached... Um, the city of Fort Bragg, the city manager, and had a discussion with the city manager about acquiring that 15 acres because our intent was to acquire the rest of the mill site, mill, known as Mill Site South, Correct. and we could put a new uh, depot facility at Cypress Street that would relieve congestion in downtown from our current location. To get to the north part. To get to the north part. Where you're at and now. we could connect the railroad from Cypress to the north part mm-hmm. vis-a-vis getting Millsite South. The city manager told us that she thought that that was a fantastic idea. And so we proceeded with the purchase of the 15 acres from Harvest Market. When we completed that, we engaged in conversations with Georgia Pacific about Millsite South. We had those conversations and said, look, we just acquired this land. We want to talk about getting the balance, something we've talked about to you since 2004. And why had they been so resistant? I mean, you have been the major entity looking at getting this, even though it seems like a toxic dump site to me. I don't know that I'd want to take it on. But... um, why did it take so long with negotiating with Georgia Pacific to just happen all of a sudden? I think in part Georgia Pacific had spent a number of years remediating the site. Yeah. But, you know, why did it – so I, I'm, that's my guess. I don't know. That's a, that's a good never question gave, for they, Georgia Pacific. They never but, ever gave you – you never got any indication as to why they were going on and on I will just say from a transactional standpoint, yeah. you know, dealing with Georgia Pacific – Things move very slowly. Oh, okay. Nothing moves quickly. All right. So it, it could be their structure and their process. Uh, I don't just, know, but... Just, just curious, because you were at the table with them. I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, we, we re-engage with Georgia Pacific and say, look, we acquired this land at Cyprus uh, from Harvest Market. Now, mind you, Georgia Pacific had mm-hmm. sold that land to them. Right. We want to acquire the rest of the mill site. Fantastic. So... Um, we began discussing with them uh, that approach. Georgia Pacific said, why don't we use the same purchase and sale agreement that we used for Millsite North as the template? 
fantastic. It'll save a whole lot of time. We just change out a few things and we work out, you know, the environmental liability um, as it relates specifically to Millsite South. And that is something that I also want to dispel that, you know, some think that because we're a railroad, we're, we're going to circumvent the environmental liability or the cleanup of that land. In order for something productive to happen with that land, we can't circumvent it. We're not going to circumvent it. And we have said on many occasions that we will work with local and state agencies and federal agencies to ensure that that land is cleaned up to an appropriate standard. Well, has GP already cleaned up a bunch of it, or is there still a lot of outstanding issues with that property? They have cleaned up a significant amount. Okay. There are outstanding issues, and they peg those outstanding issues to be, because they they have gotten proposals, they peg those to be in the neighborhood of about $3.5 million. Okay. Yeah, now, I mean, it's, it's not going to be cheap. If they, if it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be cheap. But, you know, so... Talking about the real estate transaction, so we have a, a purchase and sale agreement. We're talking with Georgia Pacific, and at the same time, we're simultaneously having biweekly meetings with the city manager and um, others. And so we're having those discussions uh, because we view ourselves as a partner with the city of Fort Bragg. And we were having those discussions to keep them apprised as to what we were doing and what our thought process was. And it wasn't until late May that we started noticing parcels of the same property, Millsite South and Pudding Creek, appearing on the city's closed session agenda. To talk about it. To talk about it under their real property negotiations. It was also that time that our biweekly conversations ended. No notice. In fact, Mike Hart and I were on a call waiting for them to join. No notice. No, hey, we can't make it today. Just no call, no show. And that was the end of the conversations we had with the city of Fort Bragg. So, all right. So now let's, let's, cause we're getting up, take this, take, it's a long entailed story. Um, let's jump forward to this whole concept of eminent domain. That's okay? right. That's, um, uh, as far as, uh, real estate and acquiring it. And now you've got the city talking about maybe stepping in and doing something, but you don't know what they're doing basically because it's in closed session, because that's the way the city has to do it when they're talking about real estate and acquisitions, the same way with the county. Okay. If everybody that all has to be behind closed doors, I don't know that they were hiding anything. It would have been, you know, that kind of stuff. So this whole idea of eminent domain, which has got everybody really upset, was that just a way to push GP to make a decision and get off the fence from your perspective? Right. So, I mean, I, as a railroad, um, you know, we are a public utility um, mm-hmm. as recognized by the law, both federal and state. That is something that is cemented in law. Now, there seems to be some question about, well, did the railroad acquire the property or is it a done deal? It is a done deal. The decision and the, the judgment has been entered by the court. It is finished. It's a resolved matter. So let's talk about moving forward in a productive fashion versus how uh, or if this is ever going to come to fruition because it's done. The fact is, is Georgia Pacific wants out of Fort Bragg. 
And that's been clear. And so as a result of that, so how did we get to using the tool of eminent domain? We were talking to Georgia Pacific. We had a purchase and sale agreement draft pending before them. We see that they're starting to talk to the city about acquiring the property. And Georgia Pacific is, in essence, playing both parties. Well, we have a tool and a mechanism to move things along or at least stop the discussions from happening on the other side. And that is the process of eminent domain, taking the pro- taking the property for our use. But you, far- still, but you still paid for it. It wasn't we, just a flat-out eminent domain. We take it like cities and counties can do for property when they want to develop. Well, absolutely okay. we paid for it. All right, but, and now any 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 entity taking property via eminent domain has to pay they for pay, it. That, they, that's right. They pay a market value type that's of right. thing. That's right. It's based on an that's appraisal. Right. That's true. And so that's, true. That's, okay. that's exactly what Georgia Pacific was paid. Now, in the city's arrangement with Georgia Pacific, the city was going to pay zero dollars for the property. They were going to mortgage their future <laughs> by restructuring debt and seeking bonds for three and a half million dollars. The the proposed amount for what it's going to take to fully remediate this site. Mm-hmm. They were going to take that three and a half million dollars that they were that they're seeking. They were seeking bond funds from which is basically mortgaging the city's future uh, so that they can do something with the piece of property that they have absolutely no plan with. And and I will say that's, in your opinion, mortgaging it. But, yeah, where are they going to get the money and all of that kind of stuff? So that's probably a good point to make. So, okay, so, okay, keep, you keep going, but the we, mecha- we got to wrap the, it up. Yeah, sure. The mechanism for taking the property via eminent domain uh-huh. is was to, one, stop what was going on because Georgia Pacific was negotiating with us and they have gone radio silent. So we put them on notice that we're absolutely serious about this. We filed the lawsuit, and um, they responded uh, to the lawsuit. In in the hearing, um, we had arrived that day at the hearing with Georgia Pacific wanting to uh, reach a a settlement. Uh, That was discussions between our council and Georgia Pacific's council. And the reason why we reached a settlement is very clear. I was in Oregon in early October. I got a telephone call, actually a telephone call, and we had a phone call from Dave uh, at Georgia Pacific. We had that call on the 7th. It was a Thursday. I was driving back from Oregon. Georgia Pacific said, we're absolutely done with the city of Fort Bragg. Everything that has been put in the agreement, the city has tried to change. How do we get this transaction with Mendocino Railway across the finish line first? Well, the way to do that is enter into a stipulated agreement, meaning that you cede your property under the lawsuit that was filed. You get compensated. You're relieved of your environmental responsibilities. We take those on. And we move to close this transaction. Okay. So the other the other issue I want to talk about because you're getting a lot of flack. So um, the the development that I saw in the the newsletter that's has that been approved by the city? Those the housing and the building, all the hotels and all of that stuff. That development that you'd already put out and been working on for years. In theory, that concept has been approved. 
not only by the city but by the community because it was a community. It was a community generated uh, process. After a lot of stations. Okay, that's right. But that doesn't have anything to do with the development or what you're considering doing with the the additional 210 acres you got. That's Ab- right now. That's all bare. Abs. It is all bare. Right. And it absolutely does not. I mean. Okay. And anything you do do with that, are you still going to be required to uh, abide by city zoning? Because it is in the city in the city limits. So city zoning, city building requirements, and all of that. So as a railroad, yeah. So subject to construction and maintenance of rail facilities, very limited scope. Right. Very very limited okay. scope. Just the rail facilities. Okay. Everything else is subject to city. County, state, federal jurisdiction. Okay. That's right. All right. All so right. there we go. And, and that's plant the planning process, the California Coastal Commission, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So that's so that's that is you're going to still be under all those requirements, all the building code. You're not going to just be able to throw up anything and not have to do it. Okay. The other part that um, I've been seeing and I don't quite understand is now I just got a flyer from the Redwood uh, chapter of the Sierra Club, and they're. Um, I know you're going for federal funding for some of this, which you've gotten over many years for the tr- uh, for the tunnel and the rehab of that. But all of a sudden now, Sierra Club from the Redwoods um, chapter are sending out flyers to people saying, hey, this is a bad project. It's going to interfere with the Eel River, which I do not understand. The, the whole flyer to me, asking for support against your project, um, I didn't understand how how do you guys connect? How does the Mendocino Railway connect with the line that goes up Highway One, which is the North Coast or North County North Rail- Coast Railroad? Authority. Yeah, authority. How do you guys connect with that? I mean, how are you involved with them? I mean, what's up with that? We're how, not- are you, how are you going to damage the Eel River and all of that? I really need to know. Sure. So the 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 opening line that the Sierra Club put out is that the Mendocino Railway is trying to take over a part of the Great Redwood Trail. I wish that they would have done the research, and um, I would have thought that for an organization such as them, that they would have done their research because that is factually. Not true. We're not trying to take over any part of the Great Redwood Trail. In fact, we support Senator McGuire's effort to do the Great Redwood Trail. We think that there is an amazing opportunity for rails with trails, particularly from Willits South. And the reason why I say that is because we're climate change is real. We know that. We see it every single day in our lives. And if we're saying that we're going to foreclose upon the idea of having rail come into Mendocino County only to be replaced by a trail, and we're then subscribing that the only way to get goods and services into Mendocino County is by truck, well, that's an environmental catastrophe of epic proportions because you can move four to five times the amount of one truck on one rail car, meaning four to five trucks equal one rail car load of commodity. And you can move one ton of freight 400 miles on less than one gallon of diesel fuel on the rails. You couldn't move that kind of efficiency or that type of weight if you piled it all into the back end of a Prius and trucked down the road. It's not possible. 
Well, I, f- I find the whole so, idea of get- I have, the whole idea of getting a railroad or anything beyond the Bay Area has always been a fallacy to me because I I watched the Cloverdale uh, Depot go up. Oh my God, is it twenty twenty five years ago? And they can't even get a railroad to Cloverdale or to Willits. So I mean, this whole idea of an inland rail line, I have always been a little bit skeptical of. But I just didn't figure out how you guys interface with that. So totally. Our connection to the transcontinental system, okay. which doesn't make that the con- the connection to the transcontinental system doesn't make us a common carrier, right? We don't okay. need that to be considered a common carrier or a public utility. All right. So let's set that notion aside. The um, um, that is our connection, though, to the transcontinental system, and we do have freight customers that would come online today if the tunnel were fixed, and that is intraline, but both through the interstate commerce system. So, yeah, but that only come from Willits. You're talking about freight from Willits to the coast. You're not talking about hooking into any other rail line, right? We, we could. Are. No, we absolutely, there is that possibility. Where? How? When? Well, from Willits south. Are the rail line... Okay. The rail is still there, All right. and it needs, an, it needs an, uh, an exceeding amount of work. However... We so theoretically, years out, more is hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've always thrown into that that might possibly happen. Is that what you're trying to say? That is, yes, that is a possibility. Now, I'm sorry, I'm 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 so skeptical of the railroad on the long the 101 corridor. I've just watched hundreds of millions of dollars being dumped in it for years and don't see a thing. So and, and call I me have, a skeptic about no, no, that. And, okay, and you know? you're 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 well within your right to do I that. Just, and yeah. I too have seen that as well. Yeah, and um. But they have made great strides with things like the Sonoma Marin Area Rapid Transit, and you know it is a, it's a step in the right direction. Where this comes in on the north end, on um, uh, and where entities have chimed in about our involvement with the Eel River, the North Coast Rail Authority is trying to file for abandonment from Willits North. Right. Right. Yeah. And we. Uh, and many people are thinking that we have put in an offer of financial assistance, meaning that we as a railroad, that's something we could do, that we have the wherewithal to step in and run it as a railroad. We have not done that. What we said is that the NCRA is no different than any other railroad and that they must follow the process, meaning if they want to abandon, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't be able to leapfrog the process of an offer of financial assistance. Rather, they need to ask for that. And if nobody steps forward, fine, then move forward with abandonment. Right. That was our filing to the STB in that matter in August. Ah. All right. So I, have we hit most of the talk? I mean, we've been going strong on this. Woo! Take a break, Robert. Do we have another hour? No, we don't. <laughs> but it is because it's a long, convoluted thing. And the whole idea of rail, I mean, for this for me and watching the rail line, the North Coast Authority doing it for years has just been a real negative, negative thing. Um, but I know that there used to be freight and a lot of good connections between Willits and the coast. But and so and, there, and, and, and I know you're trying to get the so the tunnel. Any chance it's going to be open in the next five years? Absolutely, we're working on that. In okay. fact, the city of Fort Bragg took a ridiculous action against the railroad by sending a letter to the Department of Transportation saying we don't think Department of Transportation through a pro- program that is rail specific, meaning that the funds are used Just for, for railroads. railroads. Got, it, got it. Yeah. The city of Fort Bragg said we don't want over twenty million dollars coming into our community by taking the action they did 
They, they can spin it however they'd like, but the fact of the matter is is that we have people, 50-some-odd employees, local jobs, local resources, and they denied that money via, via their letter. You know, it's not, you know, the, the DOT will make their decision based on creditworthiness, not based on letters that they receive from entity like the city of Fort Bragg. It's not a grant. It's a loan. It's a very low interest loan amortized over 35 years, and it's very specific. It's not used for land acquisition. It's not used for anything related to the Great Redwood Trail just, just or for the, the NCRA. Just for the tunnel. It's, just, it's for the yeah. 40 miles between Fort Bragg and Willits. The right. tunnel, railroad ties, rail, and bridges. All right. So, And we've got the phones ringing off the hook because I wanted to get the callers in because Robert said he's willing to take any calls from anybody. But um, have a question. Or register your concern, make it short, make it sweet, and we will get you on the air and get you some answers because I know I didn't ask all the questions. I can't ask all the questions. I don't know all the, you know, all the questions, but I did the best I can to get us some history here and let's, um, okay. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Here we go. One, two, three. Caller, you're the first caller on the air. I hope you're there. I am here. Thanks for taking my call. What's your question? Sorry for interrupting a great conversation. I have one comment and one question. The first comment is about uh, the absolute of the railroad tracks, I think, as far as the southern spur, spurs uh, linking Ukiah and Hopland, where um, it's flat and works really good, is if we start to employ roots from trees and not rocks, uh, the soil will hold the weight, and we'll be fine. We won't have to worry about things sliding. All right, and your question? Rocks in, the, in there, it's not going to work. And then my question is, do you have any plans? I like thinking about forward into the future and supplementing. Do you have plans on working with MTA at some of the old uh, sites that are abandoned along the railway to uh, expedite uh, tourist passengers uh, to help supplement the income to move into this future back to uh, freight, uh, back to the future. Thank All right. You. There we go. Get that one on the air. Okay. Got that? Make those quick? Yeah. Thanks for the comment. And um, I agree. I think that oftentimes organic or natural materials can be used as a stabilization. Uh, it's something that we actually use and employ on our on in our practices. Working with MTA, we actually have worked with MTA in the past. Um we had uh, a rail pass and bus pass, um, and um, that's a. I, I it's been so many years, and the late uh, Glenna Blake, who was an absolute dear friend of mine, uh, that we worked on. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, caller, and it's something that we can revisit. I don't know all of the details, but um, if you have more details, you can always email me, and um, my email address is rjp. It's my initials, rjp at skunktrain.com. Good. I forgot to ask you to put that out. Okay, we're going to just keep going with the calls, folks. Questions or concerns? Make it short. Make it sweet. Good morning. Oops, that one's gone. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Yeah. Turn, the- turn your radio down. Get ready. Yeah, Here we go. I, I'm a big railroad enthusiast. I bought property on the next. I got. I live in my home is on the railroad tracks here in Redwood Valley, and I'm really flabbergasted. You know, I moved here in 1987, and, and the fact that we don't have a train <laughs> to Willits. All right, so what's um, your question? Um, is, is there any any possibility? I mean, 
I hear you talk about millions of dollars spent on the railroads, spent billions on highways in the last few years, just, you know, added lanes. And I just can't believe I can't jump on a train in Ukiah and go to San Francisco. And we could get tourists to Willits. We could get tourists from San Francisco to Fort Bragg without their car. Yep. Okay. I mean, good comments. You know, no, seriously, I'm with you, dude. That's just my comment. Thank okay, you very much. Thank you. No, I'm with you, dude. I can't believe that the railroads have been. And yes, the and North t- Coast Railroad Authority has dumped multi hundreds of million dollars into that and gotten. They can't even get it to Cloverdale. Let me rant. And to the gentleman who called from Redwood Valley, please yeah. send me an email. There is a local person, um, a very prominent person in your area, working on this matter of wanting to see rail commerce back on that section of track um, and had reached out to me previously. So reach out to me via email. Again, my email is rjp at skunktrain.com. All right, we're going to keep going here. Have your question and comments quick and easy. Here we go. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, caller, caller, are you there? Yes, yes, I am here. Good. Um, isn't, it, isn't it true that the city of Fort Bragg has had many, many years to act on this transition if if they would have chosen so um but but it appears that now the skunk train is is uh, purchased it they they've stepped up and said they really wanted it instead it uh, is that true could could the city have acted upon this years ago yeah we're going to take, take that off the air thank you Well, I mean, my personal opinion, absolutely the city could have acted on this years ago, um, and they didn't. Um, They supposedly – I don't – I can't speak for them, um, nor would I, but um, yes, that's something that they could have acted on a a long time ago. And the basic line is it's a real estate deal. Anybody could have got it, right? That's right. I mean, I hate to be so simple about it, but – that's kind of what it was. All right, let's. Should we keep going here? Please. We've only got a few minutes left, but we're doing pretty good here. All right, callers, ready? Caller, you're on the air with me and Robert Ponoli. Hello, thanks. Um, I would like some clarification. Um, I have uh, seen the special joint city council planning commission meeting. September 21st, 2019, Mill Site North Concept Master Plan, Hornberger and Warstel. And um, I wanted some clarification. I know in the little stinker on page three, there's a page, uh, a diagram uh, on, a, on page three from that looks the same as one of the pages in that 16 page um, Millsite North Concept Master Plan presentation document. Could you please clarify the similarities and differences and um, is that same plan going forward? Uh, can you, I, I would just like to hear some information about that. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you for calling. Thank right, you. And I'm, again, I'm a uh, caller. I appreciate the question. I'm happy to give you more detailed information offline. But yes, the plan that was uh, presented to the city, there were some um, differences. You may recall after that September 21st, 2019 meeting, the city had formed a mill site ad hoc committee to make some changes. And some of those changes were with respect to setbacks. So some of the things have moved back a little bit so that they're not as close to the coastal trail. We actually went out there um, with council member Albin Smith and, um, oh gosh, I think it was council member Marcel Hay. 
uh, city manager, uh, some other city staffers, but to um, look at bringing things back, meaning closer to town versus closer to the shoreline, to also preserve a wildlife corridor. Um, and so that may be some of the differences you saw. But they're um, basically the they're same. They're basically the, so the this, same. So this, this plan that you've had done has been on the table since uh, 2019. That's correct. Okay. All right. So we're going to just keep going on here. What fun, what fun. All right. Pick and choose. Here we go. Caller, you're on. Whoops. Caller, you're on the air with us this morning. Are you there? Uh, yes, yes. Um, I just wanted to say I, I really like the idea of having uh, the rail. Um, my question is, with the um, it looks like over 400 units or so, uh, dwelling units and uh, all the other things, um, where is the water coming from? Uh, I don't see a desal plant here on the, uh, the map. Thank you. Good one. That's what I should have asked. I was thinking about that. Yeah, Robert. That's a very... They, I mean, heck, that, you guys have been in a drought situation, and what, where that, are you going to get the water for all of that? It's a great question. I mean, we need the development over there, but if you do it, anybody else does it. What's going to happen? Right. Well, this is something that, you know, I think I made a comment about this publicly um, uh, in the newspaper, and that is... You know, look, this is something that's been going through the community planning process for many, many years. Correct. And so this is something that the community has asked for, for mixed-use housing out there. And so as a result of that, it's a problem. It's a ch- it's a challenge. It's that we must solve as a community. Um, you know, it wasn't Mendocino Railway coming in asking for houses. We came in asking for some very specific items. This is, uh, this is, a, this is a challenge uh, and something that we collectively are going to have to resolve as a community and the caller mentioned a desal plant that's a yes that's uh that is something that's very a very real uh, issue that but there are also concerns related to that so all this property is within the zoning of this of the city of uh, fort bragg that's right all right so before they're going to get you permits or allow you to move forward they they they're going to have to supply the water and the septic too right because that's that's going to be part of the city's systems of water and septic i believe you're shaking your head and you don't know but i mean all of this is going to be kind of the yes. limiting factor i would say right now well i mean absolutely maybe not the septic so much but water for sure right we have a finite amount of resources and we have to um you know there are ways that we can make this work work um but it's we have to be creative right um we have to be creative okay let's try to get one more call in this morning here we go caller you're on the air this morning quick question hi i'd like to put this in perspective in 1971 i was pregnant and lived in mckinleyville no 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 i want a question i want a question or a concern i don't want stories here over to fort bray wait a minute okay we're gonna get rid of them okay uh I didn't even give out the phone numbers. I guess I don't have to. Um, okay, so as far as building, okay, so there's a whole thing about you can't you can't just throw up a building and not go through the city. This is what I want to hear about. Right. So, I no. Mean, what happens with if that? we're if we're building? I want to go if, out and if, I want to build a hotel. Say so you can no, do the hotel. No, absolutely first. not. You can't do that, that. hotel do is that? absolutely subject to city planning permitting. California Coastal Commission and every other agency that regulates development. If we if you're talking about a hotel Karen it's we we know that everybody knows that um we're not denying it okay that's what I just I was so we're going to 
We're coming up on the last of the hour. So, Robert, um, I'm not going to take any more calls because we only got a minute left. Um, anything else we haven't gotten out that you want people to know? Because I know that now you've got all these agencies, the Coastal Commission, you've got the Sierra Club, all standing up and saying, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and that's about the new piece. That's not even about the 70 acres that all this planning has already been done on. So what haven't you got out that you want to get out? Uh, Just a real lot, quick. but um, <laughs> sorry, but, I only got an hour. You know, I yeah. mean, one of the things that we're um, we're going to ha- move forward with is a community uh, planning session, and we're going to have discussions okay. whereby we invite the community to have a, an open and frank discussion. We participated in that fashion when it came to Mill Site North. We're going to participate in that fashion with with respect to the Mill Site and the parcels at Pudding Creek, um, and. We, we have already engaged with the DTSC, um, and other entities to make the necessary steps to get this property remediated. We've waited as a community far too long. The time has come. Let's get on with it. Let's get something done. And we're ready and poised to make it happen. Well, I thank you for coming in. And I got to tell you, with all the exposure this has gotten, I bet you're going to get a lot of community community input and people are going to be watching what goes on, which with any big development on the coast, I think is appropriate. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.